When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough. Glad you're joining us this week. And uh, this week we got a good one for you. We got the the uh, audience's choice this week. Um we're going to be talking about the why, where, and how to of rainwater catchment systems. We're going to be discussing everything you need to know about building your very own DIY rainwater catchment system. But before we get into that, let's uh, I'll give you a few updates what I've been doing around this homestead here at the small town homestead. Uh, lots of squirrel hunting. Been uh, bringing home a few squirrel. Had a couple um, dud hunts where I didn't bring bring anything home, but. Uh, been getting one or two uh, each time I went out and making lots of jelly, grape jelly, and lots of salsa. So I've been doing a lot of that uh, this weekend, especially. I'm a little late getting the podcast out because of it, a matter of fact. But that's mostly what's been going on. The garden's still pumping out food. Everything's still doing real good. A few things have dried up. New stuff starting to come in and uh, really enjoying the garden this year it's doing real well we've had a lot of rain it's kind of been funny too the rain's just been coming in in spurts we'll get a pretty good storm uh and then for a couple hours and then it's dry for you know a day or two and then we get another storm for a couple hours it dumps a lot of rain but it's been good for the garden i mean it's been working out really good so i haven't really minded it we've had we've had some tornadoes in the area though that's been a little bit um troublesome i know just north of us here probably 50 miles there was uh, some 40 i think it was the final count was 44 tornadoes went through here in indiana north of us um so yeah that's been a little bit uh, scary this time of the year you just don't see that and when you do get them this time of the year they are they do seem like they're worse the storms are so um for all those who've been involved in that uh, we're thinking about you Anyway, let's just jump into our main topic here for the day, uh, rainwater catchment systems. Let's talk about a little bit why you might want a rainwater catchment system. I think the the number one reason you'd want one is, for me anyway, it's water conservation. Having stored rainwater uh, can save a lot of uh, use of water, especially if you're on a municipal water supply or even if you're on a well, um, it can save you a lot of your of your drinking water uh or the water or you know if you're in town and be on a lot water bill i know we went through a dry spell here for man it was four weeks we i don't think we had any rain for three or four weeks so we were doing a lot of watering the garden and you know if you have a rainwater uh, catchment system 
and you have it set up for gray water use, like running to your toilet or even washing your clothes if it's filtered, that can even save you a lot of water from the a lot on your water bill. It can save you uh, from your well. Um, having a rainwater catchment system can also possibly help you to conserve energy, especially if you're on a well. If you're on a well, every time uh, that you run water, your pump's on. Or it's building up air pressure, pumping air down a pipe. You're, that's what's pulling the water up out of the well. So you're running power. Well, if you have a gravity-fed rainwater storage system, you don't have that. So that, that can um, that can save energy. And really, the probably what is the, the main thing for most people is water security. Everything needs water to survive. And having hundreds of gallons of stored water on hand for emergencies is never a bad thing. So it's just uh, for preparedness purposes, having a water catchment system is a really good way to go. So where would you want to install a rainwater catchment system? Well, that you have to take a few things in consideration. You have to think about rainfall amounts. Um, the average roof collects over 600 gallons of water for every inch of rainfall. That's a lot of water. But you you may or may not get as much rain per year depending on where you live. So those are some things to consider where to install a rainwater catchment system. So, of course, a roof, using that for your catchment, and guttering down to a downspout is ideal. You also have to consider your water needs. What, what are you going to be using the collected rainfall for? Because this will have a direct impact on the location of your system. You might be um, drinking this water. So I'll talk a minute in a minute why that might matter. Uh, if, if it's for a garden or for landscape, where you put it may depend on how you're going to use it. Uh, if you have outbuildings that are closer to the area where you're going to be using it, it might be better to put it there. Now, another thing you have to take into consideration is the roofing material because this can make a difference, uh, of course, depending on the purpose of the water. Metal roofs are best, but asphalt shingles are fine depending on the water use. You're probably not going to want to drink the water, at least without a lot of filtration, off of an asphalt roof. But if you have a first flush system, and I'll talk in a little bit about what that is, metal roofs are really good. Both of them uh, are very useful and absolutely useful for landscape and things like that. We'll talk a little bit more about those things in a few minutes. Um, let's talk about some options for capturing water. Of course, what we're going to look at today mainly is barrel collection. Um, this is food-grade plastic barrels or IBC tanks that you do-it-yourself set up where you collect your own rainwater in one of those. But you can actually purchase cisterns, and there's all kinds of cisterns. There's rooftop cisterns. There's uh, cisterns that you put in the attic. There's uh, there, There's cisterns on ground level and really that's what we're talking about those are those are going to be your barrels and your ibc tanks are really a cistern at ground level and then you have below ground level water storage cisterns and these are uh, really good i mean you can bury these um, they they serve multiple pur purposes one thing about them though is you're going to have to run a pump to get that water back up out of there so they're not gravity fed like these others would be for the water supply you would have to run a pump some things you may not think about for water collection, though, are using berms and swales. This is called passive water harvesting, and it's the practice of uh, slowing water down and encouraging it to soak into the ground by using land contouring that catch 
and direct the uh, the rainwater. And this can be really beneficial as you if you can walk it through your landscape and through your gardens and things like that around trees and to orchards. And it slows that water down and helps it soak into the ground in those areas. And uh, I'll actually put some links in the show notes to a couple other sites. One is 10th Acre Farm. She's got a great, Amy over there has a great article on, they did some some small earthworks in an urban homestead. Actually, both of the, the references I'm going to give you are both actually urban homesteads where they directed the rainwater through their property off of their roof using contours and swales and uh it's it's really good it's 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 pretty neat you know dry you know river beds and and uh, running your piping through there and such and i'll let you i'll put the links in there i'll let you go take a look at that because that's primarily not what i'm going to deal with today i'm going to deal with the the barrel collection system but i admire those uh those ways of doing things they're definitely a more it's definitely a way that blends in good with uh, permaculture methods and uh, is a really good long-term design, property design. So it is more work to put it in, though. But I'll let you look at that. I'll give you those, those um, links and just go to the show notes to, to see those links. Uh, one was uh, 10th Acre Farm, and the other one is uh, Verge Permaculture, and they're in Canada. And both of those links will be in the show notes. Another way you can uh, capture water is with small ponds. Now, I've done this uh, on my property. I have a small pond right at the back of my house, and I collect. And I actually got the river kind of runs right along. I put a little riverbed that dumps in off of a little waterfall. And, you know, I have a pump. It's kind of decorative. But it actually does catch my uh, rainwater off of my roof, at the back of my roof. So it works really well. Now, I take this, and how I primarily use the water out of that pond is uh, I have some small raised beds in my backyard not too far from that pond and i water those raised beds and my two trellises are real close to it too and i use the water out of that pond to water those those raised beds and those trellises quite often um i just take a a water can and i just dip in the pond and i pull out and i just go over there and water things and it it works really well and not only do i get the benefit of the rainwater in that pond i have uh koi in there as well so I get the benefit of the fish waste as well as a fertilizer in my pond. So it's kind of a, a double up for me on, on the benefits. Um, I'll have a link. Now, I don't have near as elaborate system as you could have. And there's a link in the show notes I'll put to aquascapeinc.com and their uh, rainwater harvesting setup. And I, I can't really explain it to you. I, it's not something I've done this elaborate anyway. But you need to go in and read this page and wa- and watch the video they have on it because it's a pretty elaborate setup and ultimately it'd be the best way to go I think I mean it's just a it's an awesome setup well that and um, berms and swales but we're going to look at simple simple setups today we're going to look at uh, barrel collection and we're going to talk about the, the the different pieces to a downspout rainwater catchment system into barrels or an IBC tank um, IBC tanks are those big square tanks that farmers use a lot of times you'll see on a bed of a trailer or something that they used to spray things but you can get those really cheap you can go to craigslist and even the blue barrels the blue um food grade barrels you'll see those on craigslist all the time real cheap i've seen them for like you know 15 bucks i've seen those ibc tanks for as low as 50 usually around a hundred dollars you'll pay for one of those uh, clean use uh, a new one 
Um, but yeah, I see them all the time on Craigslist, really cheap. So the, what I'm going to talk about today would work with either one of those tanks. Some pieces you're going to want to look at putting in. A downspout diverter. Now this is a this is your, your downspout will drop into this. You'll have a little bit of a gap between your downspout and this um, diverter. And what this will do is it flushes away the leaves and the large debris before it enters the catchment system. And what it is, it's a, it's a, um, it's a little catcher that it's set at an angle. And it has a screen over it. So as the water falls down towards it through the downspout, it hits that screen and it flushes it off to the side. And then a lot of, you know, you'll always lose a little bit of water there as it's splashing, but it's knocking the big debris off. And then most of the water is going straight down into the, the downspout or straight down into the diverter through the screen. Now the next piece that you will have will be the downpipe first flush water diverter. Now this will divert the first few gallons of rainwater away from the storage tank until the roof is washed clean of dust and fine particles. Now, there, I'll put some links to some videos. There, there's a really good two-part video uh, a guy does of making one of these himself, just using some adapters of PVC, um, a few pieces of pipe, and a ping pong ball. And what you want to do is run that into a, um, a tank for your first flush. Now, you can run it right to the ground. You can put a, a pipe in, a pretty long pipe in, and fill that up. But I think you need a little bit more. You, um, as a rule, what you want to do is run about 10 gallons of first flush for about every 1,000 foot, uh, squared foot of roof. And um, so you can see where, you know, uh, throwing an extra 50-gallon tank uh, barrel, 55-gallon barrel, um, you know, it doesn't have to fill all the way up, but you know, that would get, that would really get your roof cleaned off and all that water would go into that barrel and you will put a drain at the bottom of that barrel to empty that barrel out after every rain. So you want that water diverter. And like I said, there'll be videos showing you how to build one of these first flush water diverters. It's really not that difficult, but you can also buy them. I mean, you can buy one and I'll have a link for one you can purchase for the first flush water diverter kit. And they're not that expensive. I, I think the one I saw that I'll put the uh, link to, let's see, it's about, yeah, it's $32, 32 33 bucks from Amazon, you know. But, hey, we're talking about DIY stuff here today. Honestly, the to build it yourself, you're just going to have probably less than 10 bucks in it with the pieces. I mean, PVC is really not that expensive. So it's a pretty inexpensive thing to build, but it's not that expensive of a thing to buy as well. So you might just want to buy one. You want to get this done quick. You want to put it together with as little trouble as possible. You might want to buy one. Another piece of the catchment system are screens and filters. Now, you will need screens because there's going to be some degree debris that will sneak through so you'll want some some fine capture screens before it goes into your um, collection tank and uh, now whether you want to filter or not that's something you have to decide uh, if you're going to be drinking this water you can filter it before it ever goes in the catchment system if you're going to be using this water to feed livestock or anything like that yeah you might want to filter it um, if not if you're just going to use it to water your garden you don't have to necessarily filter it just the screens would be enough but you can put filters in before it goes in now you can just as easily filter it after it you know bring it in the house run it through a big berkey something like that to use the water so you know filtering it there is not necessary of course you're going to need a, a collection tank as i said before the uh 
the plastic barrels, IBC tanks, or a large cistern, perhaps. you can, I mean, this same process works for, say, a buried cistern that you might have. The only difference is it's not going to be gravity-fed. It's going to be, um, uh, you have to use a pump to get the water out of the cistern, a large cistern. But you can raise cisterns as well. I mean, it, it's really any big, large containment uh, vessel that's going to hold lots and lots of water. So, yeah, I mean, you can... I mean, technically, I guess a water tower is a cistern. Another part you're going to need is an overflow valve. Now, this is the for when your collection tank eventually fills up, and it will. You're going to need an overflow valve, which will allow the rainwater to be diverted to the ground uh, once that happens. And you're also going to need a, um, a spigot for uh, getting the water out of the barrel. Now that'll go at the bottom of the barrel. That's what you'll hook your hose to or whatever you're going to use to, to take the water away from the uh, collection barrel. So those are just some of the parts you're going to need for your rain catchment system. And all those things are really pretty simple. I'll kind of go through. We, I kind of went through the order there of how you'd put them in. But um, now you can also use the, uh, the spigots to connect multiple barrels together. So you can have as you could hook as many as you want it together, and you can do that through the overflow, which is basically a spigot uh, at the top, and it would as it fills up one, it would start dumping into the next one. And that one fills up, it goes to the overflow and dumps into the next one. So yeah, you would just connect your barrels that way, and there's kits for that as well. But it, the parts are real inexpensive when you just buy them uh, separate rather than buying these kits that are kind of put together, and sometimes they charge you more for the um, the kits than what you could buy the individual pieces for. So I'll have some links to all that stuff in there. Uh, let's talk about actually putting it together. Now, I mean, I kind of did there as I'm just describing the parts because I, I pretty much put them in order. But you're going to need an overflow. I mean, you're, you're going to need a collection tank. In that collection tank, you're going to put the spigot at the bottom. You're going to put the overflow valve at the top. And you're going to thread those in. You're going to drill a hole. They're going to pop through. You're going to put... They're going to kind of thread in, turn in. It's not real complicated. Um, of course, you're going to need the some PVC that will hook into the top of the barrel. So you might have to get a couple adapters that fit the pipes just right and some bends and elbows and some uh, you know short pieces here and there. But anyway, it's going to go from the downspout to the, to the debris diverter, the downspout diverter. Then you're going to go from that into the first flush water diverter through your screens or filters into the collection tank and then of course if you've got multiple collection tanks you'll hook those together through the overflow valves so there's kind of your layout it's a pretty simple setup um, you can look all over the internet and see see pictures of these set up i will have links in the show notes of systems you can look at uh, it's it's really simple and it's very useful so i would suggest it uh, just looking at some pictures and you'll know exactly how this all goes together. Now let's talk a little bit about caring for and maintaining a rainwater catchment system. You got to make sure you empty that first flush barrel or pipe if you're just going to use a piece of PVC pipe every time after a rain. Get that cleaned out so that it fills back up the next time. You don't want to use uh, the water off the first flush. It gives it a chance to wash just the debris and the dust and and you know what if, if you have asphalt shingles there's pieces of that asphalt that come down and 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 stuff and you want that to go through your first flush tank um you're gonna have to clean any screens or filters that you have so you might have those in the middle of a pipe you might have to pop apart uh put that uh, take those out and spray them out or clean them occasionally uh, 
Um, something that there's a lot of debate about is algae in a tank. Now, you can prevent algae, most algae, by just blocking the sunlight. Uh, so tanks that are colored or dark when you put a lid on them, uh, they have no sunlight going through them. Those are probably not going to grow any algae in them. Now, if they set long enough, the heat sometimes can generate some kind of algae, uh, but it's usually not a problem. And from what I understand, the algae really doesn't hurt anything anyway. You can actually have more problems out of the stuff you're dumping in there trying to kill the algae than the algae would cause you any kind of problem. It's not harmful for anything to drink or put on a garden or whatever. Where you run into the problem with algae is that it can... It can actually get so much of it in there that it could actually plug up things like your spigot or, or something like that. So you don't want that to happen. Um, a good way to kill algae, and I don't hear anybody talking about this, but I'll put a link to it. And I know this because I've used this man's advice in my koi pond, and it kills the algae in it really well and it doesn't hurt fish or anything. But most people would suggest some bleach, and I won't use bleach. I use hydrogen peroxide. It's really safe. It doesn't even hurt the fish in my koi pond. And the uh, suggested amount for using in rain barrels is about a half pint or eight ounces per 50 gallons of water. And it'll kill the algae in those, in those tanks. And it works really good in my, uh, my koi pond for sure. And um, I'll put a link to that. That's from uh, dirtdoctor.com. And I'll put a link to the post he has on that using that. And I, like I said, I can give testimony to the fact that that works because I use it in my koi pond. So that's just a good way to, to prevent the algae if it bothers you. You may not even worry about it unless you get start getting so much in there that it's starting to plug things up. Okay, freeze protection for your water barrels. If you live in a place where the winters get really cold, like where I live, I live in Indiana, uh, water freezes, believe it or not. And um, <laughs> you're going to have to either drain those barrels... Or you're going to have to keep them warm enough to not freeze. Draining is easy. You know, and if you live in a place like that where it gets that cold, you know, having the extra water is really not a big deal anyway. In an emergency, you have snow. Uh, we always have snow on the ground all winter. So, I mean, so having emergency water, we don't really need it for that. Quite frankly, the easiest thing to do is just drain it. Um, what can you do to heat it? There are some people who build greenhouse greenhouses around them and uh, try to keep them whole, you know, solar heated. Uh, there's Now, something I had thought about doing at one time was putting a little lean-to shed on the side of my house around those barrels and actually running a small piece of ductwork off of my furnace ducts out through the wall of my house into that shed just to keep it barely warm, like a real small pipe, like a inch diameter or something real small vent to pump just enough heat in there to keep it from freezing i've never done that it would work i believe and it might be something i'll do in the future but for now we just drain the barrels and uh, don't worry about it through the winter but if you don't uh it very well and probably will uh bust your pipes and or the barrels so you want to drain those or keep them from freezing you can use this water on gardens and landscapes. You can use this water in your gray water uh, for flushing toilets, which is something I would like to do in the future. And that, that might be a reason why you would want to keep that water year-round and keep it uh, heated up, um, is that you would get, if you could use it for your gray water, using it for flushing your toilet or even washing your clothes if you had it filtered to where it was pretty clean water. Now, you can use it for drinking. I, I wouldn't be afraid to use it for 
for drinking or cooking in if I filtered it through a Berkey, sterilized it either by boiling or which is what I would do is boil it. Um, or you could use the, the bleach method of putting a couple drops of bleach in there and, and killing any bacteria in it. But I would, I would purify it and I would filter it before I would drink or cook in it. Um, you have to do that, but there's really no reason why you couldn't run it to a, a toilet tank as long as it was higher than your toilet tank you got to keep that in mind too you have it's gravity fed you have to have it perched up pretty high to um have enough gravity to you know empty the water into your toilet tank so it'd have to be higher than the toilet tank but i think it's a great use of it i mean it could definitely save you a lot of, of use of your other water now something that always comes up when you talk about rainwater collection is that people say well there's places it's not legal to store water and that's true but it's not true for colorado anymore colorado has actually just legalized it in their hb 16-1005 bill that was signed may 12 2016 and as of now you can collect you can keep 110 gallons of rain capture in barrels now in colorado so I'm not so sure about other places. Now, the problem is, is that that water is, they want that water to be put back onto the ground, run off onto the ground, soaked in. So Colorado, part of their bill does say that it has to be used outside in landscapes or gardens. It can't be used in the house to like say water house plants or something like that. So because they want it to continue to be run off. And it will be, if as long as it's used outside. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good idea. That way there's water's not being um, put down a sewer system. Say if you ran it through your, your uh, say you're on a municip- municipal water supply, you're hooked to the city sewage. If you run that through your gray water, that's not going to go into runoff into the ground. That's going to go into the sewer system. So that rainwater that you're collecting um, will not be put back onto the ground. And that's what they were worried about. They want it to, main- they want it to stay on the soil and continue to be used as runoff and and that's fine i think it's a good idea and i'm glad to see colorado come around to that thinking and i i'm not sure about other places uh i wouldn't doubt it if there's some places in california maybe with those laws with the drought uh, situations they've been in so perhaps that's the case there as well i'm not real sure but um it's not as big of a deal as a lot of people make it up to be there's just not a lot of places there never were a lot of places that it, it was illegal to do this now, where you hear about some guy might went to jail for collecting rainwater, like I heard about one guy who went to jail for it. Well, the guy was basically damming off all water from ever running off his property and going to any neighbors who were depending on it. And you can't do that. And um, so, you know, they're, they're, you don't want to read too much into that. But at the same time, uh, I, I, do, I do get appalled by the government thinking they have the right to... <laughs> not allow you to you know catch some water that's running off of your roof but at the same time i also understand some of, I, I understand the reason behind some of the laws although i don't agree with them so it's not really a big issue like a lot of people might make it out to be and if i'm wrong about that if you know of a bunch of places that you know where it's illegal or there's a big deal being uh, made about it let me know about it and we'll put it in the comments or i'll uh, come on later and we'll talk about it so those are just some of the ways you can collect rainwater for your garden, landscape, for, for other uses. And uh, hook up a, a barrel collection system. It's not that hard. 
It'll be something that you'll have a great benefit on in your homestead. And I think that uh, ultimately, it'll make your homestead a lot better. Especially if you live in a place that doesn't have consistent rainfall or a lot of rainfall a year. It'll be something you'll be able to use in those dry times. It can save you a lot of money on perhaps a water bill if you're an urban homestead or or a lot of uh, worry about not having enough water uh, to, to keep things uh, keep things growing. Consider the swales and the berms. Consider uh, putting in a pond. Uh, consider larger systems like larger buried cisterns. But start with a barrel um, catchment system. It's not difficult. And, and, and you know what the bottom line is? Water catchment can be as simple as just setting a barrel out with an open top on it and catching the rainwater that falls in that. I mean, it real, it, it, you're catching rainwater, but you can catch a, a lot more from a roof and a downspout. So whether you put it at your barn, your garage, your house, doesn't really matter. Um, whether you just got a barrel sitting out <laughs> next to your garden that's catching it in the top of it, that's great. However you can catch some water and use it, it's a great thing. Uh, do what you feel is best for your property. You, you got rain falling on your property. Use it. You don't have to use it right away. You can save it and use it later when you really need it. And by the way, I'd said that this uh, this was the uh, audience's choice for this podcast today. I had actually put a... Uh, a poll up in our Facebook group. That would be the Homestead Front Porch. If you want to join, head on over on Facebook to the Homestead Front Porch and join our group. It's a closed group, but all you have to do to join is just request to join, and we'll get you we'll get you in there and have some great conversations. And I think I might start doing a poll each week on what the uh, podcast might be. Maybe put two or three options up there and see who wants to hear what. And this was a. Uh, by a major, major lead, this one won out. People want to hear about putting in rainwater catchment systems. It's not difficult. I was actually worried because it doesn't seem like there's that much to say about it. Um, but at the same time, building a um, building a rainwater diverter is kind of cool. And uh, you know what? Watch those videos on that. Those, those will be in the notes. Watch the videos. Check them out because they're pretty cool. And I think you should build your own just so you know how things work and it's something you can take apart and fix when you need to. Make sure you head on over to iTunes and uh, give us a rating and review. Head on over to the website, smalltownhomestead.com. You'll actually be able to see some pretty extensive notes on this podcast of with all the links and, and such. And uh, look, take a look at all the other articles we're writing. Also, every uh, Sunday, I open up a, a page called The Blog Hop. And um, we're allowing other um, homestead bloggers to leave some links to some of uh, their great articles. So go to the blog hop on at smalltownhomestead.com and just click on the blog hop link at the top of the page and check out some of the other great articles that uh, some some of the other bloggers out there are leaving on our page. So good stuff there, good reads. You can look at some of the past ones that are all linked up there. Check those out. And uh, yeah, head on over to the front porch. We'd love to see you there. And until next week, happy homesteading. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow. Thank you.